Well, let me welcome you to Stevenson High Kirk here in North Ayrshire. I know it's unusual to see me here like this, but just to give our apologies that we've had some technical problems in the church in our recording. And so we're going to have a pre-recorded service from last Christmas. So I hope you don't mind, but I pray that the Lord will bless you and encourage you. So let's worship together. Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins. Release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel, strength and consolation, hope of all the Desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child. unite our hearts and let us pray together. Our wonderful counsellor, mighty God, eternal Father and Prince of Peace, we bow our hearts this morning in wonder and awe as we sense your tangible presence with us. O King Emmanuel, may your sweet dove of promise rest upon each heart listening this morning. May this be a season where we are prepared and willing to cast off the works of darkness and for the kingdom of light to shine upon our hearts and homes. O Lord, place upon us the armour of light and clothe us with a garment of praise. Forgive us, Lord, for our coldness and hardness of heart, for our unwillingness to walk in obedience to your will. Forgive us when we doubt your love and your promises. And Lord, wash us clean of all that pollutes our relationship with you. This morning, as we wait upon you, O oh, renew our strength and clothe us with power. O oh, may your gentle spirit touch us deeply, drawing us nearer, ever nearer, into the chambers of your love. O oh, we look back 
with thanksgiving. And Lord, we also look forward in hope to that day when Jesus shall come again in his glorious majesty. But this morning we specially look up in longing for you to visit us again in, in revival blessing. Oh, begin with us, Lord. Visit our hearts this morning, our homes. And may we experience a mighty visitation upon our church, our communities and our nations of your Holy Spirit. As we lift up our hearts in praise and our hands in prayer, we do thank you for the prayer that you taught your disciples, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory for ever. Amen. Well, I would now like to invite Daniel to read to us from the Word of God. Thanks, Daniel. Our Bible reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 8 to 17. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord and the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. We also read in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 19 to 34. Now this was John's testimony, when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Finally they said, Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptise if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptise with water, John replied, 
But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptising. The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptising with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave his testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptise with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptise with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. This is the Word of God. To him be all the glory. Amen. Well, this morning, many churches around the world will be celebrating Advent. Traditionally, it was a time where people would prepare their hearts over this Christmas season. It was a time to look back, yes, giving thanks for the birth of Christ, celebrating Christ's incarnation. But also it was a time to look forward for Christ coming again in glory and in all his majesty. I think many of us can often get just caught up with his birth and we can tend to forget that he's coming again. Well, it is my prayer this morning that the Spirit of God would stir your heart, making you ready as a prepared people, awaiting the return of our Saviour. And so, to help us in our preparations, I would love us to consider the verse there in Luke's Gospel in chapter 1 at verse 17. The prophecy concerning John the Baptist Here, Zechariah was told by the angel of the Lord that his son John was to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. What a calling! What a calling! Well, the calling of John, he was to be the herald of Christ, an ambassador to the King of Kings. He was to prepare the way for the coming King of Glory, the promised Messiah, as the prophecies of the Old Testament declared he would cry as one in the wilderness. He was to prepare the way, the highway of holiness, ready for the Lord. Like the roads to the cities of refuge were told that they were to be well maintained, ready for any soul to find safety and refuge that there would be no hindrances in getting to a city of refuge, that place of rest. And so the priests would instruct Israel to keep the roads clear. They were to be the best roads. Likewise, John was to make sure there were no hindrances in people coming to Christ. He was to be like Elijah, preparing the way for Elisha coming. Yes, he was to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Well, as Isaiah the prophet reminds us, these were dark days. The people were living in such spiritual darkness, they had fallen asleep. They were cold toward the things of God. Apathy gripped their lives tightly. 
Yes, these were days of deep spiritual darkness. Many had lost heart. Many had lost hope. Many had turned their back on God. But it was into those dark days that the angel of the Lord prophesies concerning John the Baptist. And so let's consider for a moment this prophecy of John. Yes, in in those dark days, John is born through a miraculous birth. His parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, were unable to have children. But yet in their old age, God answers their prayer. The angel prophesies that he will be a joy and a delight. Many will rejoice because of his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. And he goes on to say that he's never to take wine or other fermented drink. He will instead, he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. Many of the people of Israel, they will be brought back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. Yes, to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children but also to turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. And so John is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Well, in John chapter 1, we now see John standing before the crowds preaching. Oh, the great prophet John. Oh, he came with such boldness. He was fearless like Elijah. Dressed in camel's hair, a leather belt around him, wild-eyed, whose main diet was locusts and wild honey. Well, John certainly stirred up his listeners. The poor people who gathered around him there in the Jordan were inspired. But we also noticed the religious leaders were insulted. Often referring to them as a brood of vipers, as Jesus also did later on in the Gospels. And even the royal and political heads of state were intrigued by John. We also notice his style of preaching. He didn't flatter. He did not preach peace, peace where there was no peace. He did not preach morality, just explaining how to be good. No, he spoke like Elijah, the great fiery prophet. Oh, he was earnest. He was single in his passion, in his heart. He was single of mind. He was single on Christ. And so he challenges not just their minds, but their hearts. For John, as he preached, he expected a response. He didn't expect them just to go away thinking about things. No, he desired to see a heart change. And so we notice the effects of John's preaching. He prepares them for the coming of the Lord. They're aroused from their sleep. We notice how they now give thought to their souls. Their consciences are now aroused. The kingdom of God was near, and so he calls on them to repent, to turn away from their sins, to turn away from the emptiness of their lives, and to turn to God. So the crowds 
we notice now turn and repentance to, to God, looking for forgiveness and mercy. They were looking for hope. The weight of their sins, their failures, their brokenness was too heavy to carry. And so they cry to God for mercy and for forgiveness. As the Apostle Paul also would declare, we've all sinned. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And like the crowds before John the Baptist, sometimes our sins can weigh us down. Our failures, our brokenness, our emptiness can be too heavy to carry. Our loneliness. But you know, John didn't just preach to tell them of their sins. He didn't just point the finger to show how messed up they were. He didn't just preach a doctrine of repentance. Yes, they came in repentance, but this was just to make them ready as a people prepared for the Lord. The goal was not even to have them all baptised in water. No, John preaches Christ. He preaches a saviour. Notice there in John's Gospel in chapter 1, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And verses later, he declares, This is the Son of God. Oh, John preached Christ. And as he preached a mighty saviour, hope is aroused. Expectation has been aroused. Expectation of a coming blessing. Their consciences were pricked. And so John preaches a mighty and a merciful saviour. Oh, behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Son of God. Look to him. Fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. I love how when John's disciples are are told by John to behold the Lamb of God, as they go after Jesus, Jesus stops and he asks them, what do you want? And their reply is, we just want to know where you stay. I love that. Their hearts had been aroused. Their passion had been aroused for Christ. And all they wanted to do was to stay with him, to be with him. And Jesus just said, oh, come and see, come and see. Well, as John the Baptist was giving testimony of Christ, he said this, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptise with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptise with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. Oh, John recognised that as the Spirit came upon Jesus, that he would increase and that he, John, would decrease. Yes, Jesus is a mighty, merciful and powerful saviour, full of grace and truth. As the psalmist writes, and he will make us willing in a day of his power. 
Yes, John would baptise in a small flowing stream by the Jordan. But Jesus will baptise us in the fullness of his spirit. Life in all its fullness. I like how John, the apostle, not John the Baptist, but John the apostle who wrote the gospel, he writes in John chapter 20 at verse 31, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Now I know I've shared often with our own folks at the High Kirk how John is not writing the gospel just for us to believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God. John doesn't just want us to believe. He wants us to receive life in his name, that we will know that life of Christ, the fullness of the Spirit. Oh, is that your desire this morning, to find life, to know life in Christ, that life in the Spirit, and to be ready for the Lord's return? You may be a Christian who's lost that fire. You've lost your passion. You've lost your first love. Maybe you've lost hope. You've lost that joy of the Lord, which is your strength. And therefore you feel weak this morning. Well, remember, John the Baptist, he lived in a dark time. Hearts were cold, empty, lonely, broken. The people of his day had lost their hope, their peace, their joy. It was a spiritual winter, yet he came so unexpectedly to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Oh, are you prepared for an encounter with the Lord Jesus this morning? Will you not go to him, your mighty and merciful Saviour? Oh, behold the Lamb of God, for he is the Son of God. Are you ready to meet him? Have you been made willing to turn from your sins, to turn away from all that would hinder a closer walk with God, a deeper relationship with Jesus? Oh, let's turn to Christ, our wonderful Saviour this morning, the Bridegroom of our souls. And oh, that we may find life in his name, the name of Jesus, the only Saviour of the world. And may that life of the Spirit make us a ready people, prepared for the Lord's return and coming in glory. Oh, are you ready for that coming? Are you prepared for the Lord? Well, I love the words of the Apostle Paul, a man who was ready for Christ's appearing. He writes in 2 Timothy chapter 4, there in verses 6 to 8, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Amen. Oh, may the Lord bless you and encourage you this morning. Well, let's worship together as we sing this beautiful version of the Magnificat. 
This has been one of my own favourites. It was written by dear friends Andrew Jewell and Paul Sharkey, who are members of Struthers Memorial Church in Glasgow and Greenock. So let's worship together. Smile upon us. Thanks again, Ian, Margaret, Angela and John, for leading us in our worship together. Well, I'm now going to invite Helen to lead us in our intercessory prayers. Thanks so much, Helen. Let us pray together. Our Father, we come into your presence with thankful hearts that the shed blood of our Lord Jesus has made this possible. As we enter the season of Advent, and prepare to celebrate the coming into the world of your beloved Son. We are so grateful for this, the greatest gift ever. We think of that well-known verse that says, God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Lord Jesus, you brought hope to a world of sinners by your great love, and we look forward to the promised day when you will come again and we will see you face to face. We bring before you all our brothers and sisters, whether here at home or across the world, who are struggling and lonely because of the pandemic or also from other illnesses. Help us to reach out to them and bring encouragement where we can. 
and we look forward to the time when we will be able to meet freely again to worship you and enjoy fellowshipping together. We thank you for the very generous donations made by our church members for children and families who were facing a bleak Christmas through circumstances beyond their control. We are grateful for the opportunity to help ensure that no one in our communities will go hungry or forgotten at Christmas. Father, we pray for the people in different parts of our world who are suffering through war, droughts, or livelihoods have been destroyed. We ask you to bless the agencies who are working hard to help relieve the suffering. Grant that governments across the world will act with justice and fairness to meet the needs of so many desperate people. We pray a blessing on your word preached today. May many hear and receive the good news of Jesus. Father, we long to see a great move of your Holy Spirit in our church and our community. Help us to live in ways that will bring glory to you and honour to your glorious name. Hear our prayers as we ask all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Helen, for leading us in our prayers this morning. Well, we're now going to sing together in our closing hymn, and this is a Christmas version of Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing.
So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship, comfort and power of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen.